Yes, this is episode 36. Was it Trenta Ses in Spanish? I probably not, but it's all good. Um, somebody gonna correct me about it later on, I'm sure. But episode 36 of the Weirdest New Black Show. And I'm here with someone that I have history with. We were in the trenches of the banking world <laughs> five years ago, yo. You know what I mean? I used to work at a certain bank whose name I would not mention because they did me kind of kind of dirty, but it's all good. I got I got a paycheck out of it, so thank you very much. This young woman I have here in front of me has always been cool. She told me that at some point in time that you wanted to fight. I don't agree with that because she's my peoples, and I don't fight my peoples. You know what I'm saying? But she has went on an interesting journey in life since we both left that place. And she is now an author, amongst many things. But today, we are gonna talk about her book. And I'm here with Miss Tanisha Sher. Is that your pronounce your last name? Or is it Sheree? It is actually Sheree. Boom, yeah. I got that on the second trial by accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we out here. And her book is titled, The Broken Pussy Theory. Yes, out of all those four words, my favorite word is in that one. Guess what word of this? It's Broken? The. the. Oh, Big okay. fan of the word of the. Okay. No, I'm playing. Shout out to the pussy. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I was on Instagram one day, and I saw you were out here in these streets with this book. And I said, the broken pussy theory? I said, word? Because the last time that I had heard anything about a broken pussy, it wasn't from medical school. It was from the show Insecure, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're from St. Louis, Insecure. Right, so on the show Insecure, uh, I remember that Issa, played by Issa Rae, was on stage rapping about a broken pussy in reference to her friend Molly. And, you know, it was a joke and all that, but to see that you actually turned it into something, an actual theory, it definitely intrigued me. So I want to know, off the top, what is the broken pussy theory? Um, so I think Issa did a very good job uh, within her rap, if you will, explaining what a broken pussy was to her. Uh, but I think the theory itself is a lot bigger than that. So it's just this concept, this pressure that's often put on black women or women of color, I should say, black and brown, that once you reach a certain point in your life, whether that's age, success level, or whatever, you know, those points are measured by for your particular cultural background. Once you reach that point, you are expected to also be married or have children or be settled down or working towards those things. And if you are not, then you are deemed incomplete. So within your culture, within society, and sometimes within your very own psyche. So the theory is exactly that. So that concept, that pressure, that bullshit that Mm. is placed on women of color. And I see that a lot because you know how certain families... You've heard stories. People are like, girl, you ain't married yet? You got no grandbabies yet? What's wrong with you? Yep. Something wrong with her? There's somebody in the church I want you to meet. Yep. His name's Rodney. He got a car and a nice job. That doesn't mean anything, you know? Right. And, you know, I, I pay attention to a lot of stuff, you know? I uh, listen to my essence stories every once in a while, you know? A little bit of Ebony, a little bit of Jack. And just overall, I get the understanding that society has done a lot, of, lot more harm than good. 
because you have women who think that, okay, if they don't do that, game's over. Or like there was an article came out about uh, recently about childless aunties, about how they, they're like very, very important. And how we can't really be all like, oh, you ain't got no kids yet, you ain't shit. Nah, people do things in their own time. Mm-hmm. So when you were writing your book, what experiences did you have? Or more so, was there anything that you learned about yourself while writing? Oh, yeah, definitely. One of the main things that I learned about myself mm-hmm. that was shocking and scary is that I'm very guilty of placing those pressures on black women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a little sister that's, you know, artsy-fartsy if you will. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes she doesn't necessarily follow the same paths or the same steps that I would like to see her follow or that is just as an older sibling, I expect her to follow. And that's the same thing. So that's the same thing as boxing someone in based off of their age or marital status and saying, oh, it's time for you to have kids. So just because she's 23 and at 23, I was doing X, Y, Z in corporate America, it's very unfair for me to expect the same thing out of her. Um, So people just have to live in their truth. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I am very guilty of placing these stigmas and these barriers on people that I actually really care about. Now, have you ever placed those barriers and such things on yourself at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. So before the broken pussy theory came about, you know, when I started writing it, I wasn't 30 yet, but I was approaching 30. And I, you know, I started to ask myself, you know, I started saying to myself, I'm very successful in a lot of ways, you know, financially secure, you know, I got my stuff going on or whatever. What most people would consider a very successful black woman for my age. And I started thinking, well, you know, I don't have kids, you know, I'm not nobody's baby mama. I'm not married. I'm not engaged. You know, what am I doing to get to these things. Um, And so I put a lot of irrational pressure on myself. I started saying, you know what, by the time I'm 30, I'm gonna be engaged. I'm gonna just go ahead and get get engaged. And what does that mean? Like, so did that mean that I was gonna settle? Cause I'm already 29. So the chances of me meeting someone who I haven't met yet and getting to a point where I want to spend the rest of my life with them just for the sake of meeting a goal or a quota, like that's ridiculous, so. Definitely put that pressure on myself. Has the broken pussy theory, you know, as it applies to the world around us, have you changed your approach to relationships because of that? Definitely. Um, Definitely. So from a personal perspective, um, you know, I've I've always been quite a good relationshiper, I guess I would say. And that's the word that I use in a book, relationshiping and relationshippers, you know, because a relationship is very much an art. And I think a lot of people don't look at it like that. But in doing my research and then, you know, writing and just uncovering the pressures that I did put on myself, you know, I definitely stripped all of that away. So now I feel a lot safer in my own environment to live unapologetically, to love unapologetically, and to do what's right for me in the time that it's right for me. So I will say that that's impacted my dating life positively and negatively. Naturally, because, you know, you just have men who aren't necessarily going to meet you where you are. They're going to meet you where they met you. So if you were in a certain space when you met this individual, Mm -hmm. they expect you to stay there. And unfortunately, I'm not that girl. So it's, you know, worked in my favor at times. And at times it just hasn't panned out to be what I expected. Now, you mentioned men. If a man was to read your book, first of all, 
Would you want men to read your book? Absolutely. Boom. Also, what do you think, what gems do you think that men could get from your book? Um, For one, they can understand that women are not monolithic. We are not this one, you know, creature or freaking species Mm -hmm. that all move, act, look, and, you know, think the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a key takeaway from men, specifically men of color. I think that, you know, our men typically have uh, specific expectations of women and they very seldom take into consideration who that woman is. They just know what they want and what they see and they expect all women to conform to that. So I think that uh, by reading this book, they'll understand that women are very different, just like you guys are very different. And, you know, there's going to be women who are for you. There are going to be women who aren't for you. But you need to realize that we're all different. And then I would also expect them to understand that y'all got to do more. Y'all got to do more. Y'all got to do better. Um, so y'all have to do y'all part in, in fixing these broken pussies because a lot of it is your doing. Word. Word. Okay. So let's get, let's get into that. So we're doing more and being better and fixing the broken pussies, right? Listen, if I could fix broken pussies, that would be on my resume all the time. Excuse me, so looking for a job? Yes, uh, it says here from 2013, 2018, you were fixing broken pussies. Yes, I'm a specialist now. Um, I'm part of the Best Buy Broken Pussy Geek Squad. Bring it in the shop, put it right back out there, tightened up, ready to go. But here's the thing, right? So out here in this world, we see there's a constant battle between black men and black women, or men of color versus women of color. You see it all over social media. And at times, I used to get pissed because I would see these, some people say, oh yeah, black men are trash. I'm like, squeeze me? Excuse me? What do you mean by that? But, you know, as frustrated as I would get with that, I have to understand that there are perspectives out there and people with their own experiences out there that make them feel that way. So, from you, I'm making you the delegate of the sisters out here. And me being a delegate of the brothers out here, tell me what do you think we can we should do more of, and how can we be better to make these things work to fix these broken pussies? So first off, let me just say I don't think y'all are trash. Thank you. Yeah, but outside of that, you know, I do think that there's room for more supporting, more embracing, more backing. So you know, if you think of something as simple as you turning on your TV and you turning on the news. You just will not see a black man or a group of black men, I should say, come into the rescue or aid of the black woman. So often you can go back as far in history as you can and you will always see the reverse. So you always see the black women standing behind the black men being the prominent forces uh, for some of the you know greatest battles, the greatest successes and victories that we've accomplished as a race. You've always seen black women standing behind black men in support of that, lifting them up, you know, fighting those battles with them. I can't think of a time specifically in our era where we've seen the reverse. I have to I think of the examples that you're speaking of. You know, you got the whole Black Lives Matter, sister stepping up for that. Or if you want to do a singular, you have your Michelle Obama's with Barack and you have your even yesterday was an article that came out you know, floating on social media, where LeBron James said he wouldn't be where he is today without who? 
his wife. Exactly. You know, so I understand it because I mean, look around at the at my family. My mom was like a huge force for all of us in the house. You know, and even like look at my uh, her mother because my grandfather, her husband, had died in like eighty three. So she's been she didn't remarry or anything, but my grandmother's been holding the family down since like nineteen eighty three. Right, she had like she had eight kids, ass load of grandchildren, you know. So it was, it's definitely, you know, the women out here definitely got to get the respect. Definitely. You know, so I can't I can't knock that at all. And I mean, and I wonder why that is. Why it's never been the opposite. And I wonder why that is too, because if you think statistically speaking, mm-hmm. there's much more of an opportunity for it than the reverse. So when we think about, you know, we are going ape shit crazy. Mm-hmm. Telling police to stop killing black men. Right. Right? But when we look at the statistics, more black women are killed in the custody of police officers, or more women in general tend to be harmed Mm -hmm. in the custody of police officers or law enforcement agents than men. So it's not that there's a lack of opportunity, because there's definitely the opportunity. It's just that... We, women, men, all of us, don't hold you guys to the same standards that we hold ourselves. Black women are just expected to be strong. We're expected to be the backbone. That's what we've been for so long, and nobody has challenged that or, you know, looked to flip that page. Everyone just goes with it. So I think it's time for, you know, in a state of black excellence, which we're in, it's time for black men to step up. It's time for you guys to carry the load for a change. I can dig it. Now, you know, I look at the different powerful, strong black male figures throughout history. You had your Malcolm X's, your Martins, your Mega Evers. You can pinpoint throughout each time. And yes, there was always women there, you know, next to him. Betty with Malcolm, or there was Coretta with Martin. And I just feel like there does need to be more of a sense of equality within our own communities. But a sense of understanding. And, well, no, I had a homie here a few episodes ago. We were talking about, like, our guy problems, you know, like, in terms of, like, dating or just trying to find someone we could, we could rock with. And there were times when, speaking from my own perspective, when I was looking for someone to date who was, like, I didn't have that much luck. Because where I went to or the places that I was, you know, whether it be in college or high school, I didn't fit the image of the kind of guy that, that, that they wanted. So now it was like, I wasn't on some shit like, man, fuck black chicks, man, I ain't with that. I never had that in my spirit because I come from a family of black women, so I'd be crazy to be that way. But there was a moment where I felt like I wasn't appreciated by them. But as I got older, I got more into being who I am. I started to find out who was for me and who wasn't, you know? And I, you know, yes, I have a fair amount of sisters in my, you know, personal dating resume. Not, not to sound crazy, you know what I'm saying? But like it goes back to what you said before, as in the people who are for you, and those who aren't for you. And a lot of times I was taking the personal, like, man, hey, with me, man, I'm good out here. You know, I shower because I got good grades. <laughs> Hair's cut, hairline is somewhat on point, you know. But, but like you said, it was just that I was going after these women, but not realizing that just because I had a few of these bad experiences didn't mean I had to write everybody off. Right. You know, in a way, that led me to being more understanding towards what's happening. Because I'm sure the same can be said with some black women out there. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, oh man, brothers out here, they ain't not digging me for some odd reason. And I'll see many dudes be like, oh, she got a white man now. Right. A word? 
forget her. But it's just like, but if you do it, it's it's all good. Of course, double standards exist well, in all type of world. wait a second. I definitely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. However, what I will say is black women mm-hmm. are a lot less likely to write y'all all off. So we'll talk shit about y'all and we'll be like, y'all ain't shit. Da-da-da-da. But we are not as likely to go to the other races as you guys are. And Fact. we talk about that in the broken pussy theory because that is, I don't want to call it an issue, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a factor. Yeah, but the thing, I wasn't like saying like, yo, if y'all do it, it's all good. I'm saying like for certain guys, like if a woman does it, it's a problem. But if guys do it, it's not a problem. Right, right. When it shouldn't be that way altogether, it's like you date who you date. Please elaborate on that from the broken pussy theory as to the issue and why there is an issue. I'm curious. Definitely. So I think that there is, and we can blame it, we can point fingers, but a lot of it is a reflection of hip-hop culture. A lot of it is a reflection of just black culture in general and where we've come and what we've equated with success. But there is this like unspoken theory, within the theory, that once you make it as a black man, you go and get a white girl. Kanye West said that in the exactly. song. And, and look what he did. <laughs> so, and look what he did. So I think that, you know, a lot of time the hip hop culture definitely glorifies it. It, you know, makes light of something that shouldn't necessarily be made light of. Like you said, you date who you date. But when you equate that with a, a status of success, that's when it becomes a problem. Because that's when you're saying, okay, now that I've reached this point in my life, Black women aren't good enough for me anymore. And that's just BS. You know, no woman should have to feel like that. Maybe I'm not your cup of tea. Maybe I'm not for you. But it shouldn't just be because you're successful and now you're above black women when we probably are what got you to where the hell you are. So I definitely think that I don't want to call it an issue. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate calling it an issue because for a lot of black men who do date outside of their race, it has nothing to do with that. But for many black men, it's all about that. So for the people who, you know, it's equated with some status of success, you know, your rappers, your I don't want it if it ain't foreign. I don't fuck it if it ain't foreign. Those people, mm-hmm. it's a problem. Facts. Now, I've dated all types of ethnicities while being broke. So, you know. So, <laughs> so when you get rich, it's okay. It's okay, yeah. I just, you know, hey, you don't want I was broke before. It's just, I, have, I have a resume to prove who I dated based on my financial standings. I do want to ask you about a certain stereotype, because from what you mentioned, this thing seems to be the so-called reason why people don't date, why they try frontal sisters. And I think you might know where I'm going with this. I'm mentioning an acronym. It's three letters. See if you can figure it out. A-B-W. Angry black woman. Yes. Now. Ain't nobody. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, what is your thoughts on that stereotype? Because personally, only angry black ladies I've ever seen are on like Maury and like goofy ass shows like that. You know what I mean? On the occasional love hip hop snippet I might see on YouTube because I don't watch that show. <laughs> but I've seen it on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got to talk about that in a book. So, that's yes. definitely a huge misconception. It's a huge generalization. Outside of it just being inaccurate as fuck. Let's talk about if it was accurate, right? Why the hell wouldn't we be angry? Mm -hmm. So even though it's not accurate, uh, you ever heard the term that 
what you think of somebody is often a reflection of yourself. Yes. People are so hell bent and hung up on what they've put us through mm-hmm. and what they've done to us that they expect us to be angry because it's a reasonable expectation, but we're not, we're just not, you know, I, People tell me all all day, every day that I'm the happiest person they ever met in their life. Even when I should be pissed off, I'm normally pretty chill. And I don't know a lot of angry black women. Mm-hmm. I do know black women who will put you in your place. I do know black women who are so used to being mistreated that they've made a decision that they won't be mistreated anymore. And if that comes across as angry, sounds a little ignorant, right? So I know a lot of black women who are just fed up, who are tired, who are, you know, just sick of being treated like they ain't shit. And so when we stand up for ourselves or when we say that we're not dealing with something, we're being angry. But any other person, any other woman, any other man, any other culture, race, anything can do the same thing and they're not looked at as angry. And you know what bothers me when black men say that? They do the same thing to y'all. They paint y'all to be these angry creatures that pose a threat to society. And what do we do? We stand behind y'all and we take up for y'all. And y'all take up for yourselves and say, no, we're not this. We're not that. You guys have it all wrong. But when it's done to us, it's okay. Wherein lies the problem when you said earlier that y'all stuck up for us, but it's not reciprocated. Exactly. Mm. So now we're getting to the root of it all, pretty much. Gotcha. Okay, now we look around here in the world of media, mainstream, and we have these great examples, especially now, of women of color who are doing their own thing and making waves. And you have, like, you know, Issa doing her thing with uh, Insecure. You have writers like Lena Waithe, who's coming from a queer person of color's pr- perspective, or, you know, with her writing and her, you know, just her, her entire vibe. She stands true in who she is. You look back and, like, you know, Viola Davis or the recent Emmy winner, Regina King. We see all these examples of women who are defying what society says for them to do. Now, we have a whole new generation of women coming up, young black girls coming up, whether it be in like high school, college, and so on and so forth. Like, what words would you have for them in terms of like them getting their feet wet in this brand new world? This world out here we live in, it's Pretty ridiculous. Definitely. Definitely ridiculous. So how would your book be like a great form of guidance for them? Um, Because basically what's going to happen is you're going to read this book and you're going to question yourself. And I think that's what growing up and identifying yourself is all about. Who am I? Who was I yesterday? And who do I want to be tomorrow? And so as in anything that you go into in your life, you need to have a plan and, you know, People think that dating is such a small part of their lives, especially, you know, our younger generation. You know, they're in college and or they're in high school or they may be, you know, just graduating. Whatever period they're in in their life, they may not see what an impact dating or being sexual has on their lives. And I want them to understand that it's a very big deal. So who you decide to involve yourself with, who you decide to surround yourself with, and the decisions that you make today are definitely going to shape your tomorrow. So I would just, you know, encourage them to stay true to who they are, never waver from that. And, you know, in reading this book, you will definitely learn that doing those things is a lot easier said than done. You know, so everybody can say stay true to yourself. 
But does that mean that you can wake up every day and just do it like it's nothing? No, there are going to be opportunities. There are going to be situations that are going to challenge the hell out of you. And you need to be able to stay true to yourself. That means putting a fuck boy on a block list. You're going to have to push that block button, sis. Like, you just have to stay true to yourself. So it's a lot of difficult things we discuss in the broken pussy theory. A lot of um, things that people may not necessarily consider. That is definitely going to open your eyes to. There's a question I've asked of you since you just mentioned the uh, that term. One of your terms in your in your response here. Uh what it is what is a uh, a fuckboy? Just so I can make sure that I don't have any of those behaviors, you know, in my life, because I'm not a fuckboy, nor am I a fuck man, because I'm in my thirties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just need to know what what is this this being, this entity that I hear referred to in these streets. So in a book, we definitely talk about uh, what a fuckboy is. There are so many definitions Good for God. a fuckboy. However, normally the people who question if they're a fuckboy, they're normally fuckboys. I'm not a fuck person, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Don't shoot the messenger. I, I know, but it's like I, just, I heard the words. Like, he's a fuckboy. I said, what the hell is a fuckboy? It was like, you know, these words. I'm, look, I'm 30. I'll be 34 and. November. I'm an old man, yo. Let me hear these new terms from people. That's a fuckboy. I said, what are you talking about? Fuckboys have existed for a very long time, and I don't see them going anywhere. So, in general, I would say a fuckboy is a person who is manipulative and uses their manipulation Mm -hmm. to gain things that are absolutely not for the benefit of the woman. So, whether that means being... um, dismissive whether that means being omissive whether that means you know just stringing you along wasting your time any of those qualities are fuckboy tendencies so you know you got the guy that what you doing you to death via text message that's fuckboy behavior if you pull out your phone right now and you look at a girl or a woman that you are dating or seeing and you can count five wyd texts And they are not followed by an invitation, a proposal, or something that solidifies you had a reasonable expectation or a reasonable need to know for that information. You are probably a fuckboy. Well, I looked at my phone. (laughs) Um, And I saw six. I I I never asked anybody, (laughs) what you doing? You know why? (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't care. Because I'm not seeing anybody. And I'm like, I'm going to ask you no questions if I don't really care. Because, like, what you doing? I'm, I'm eating some cereal. What about you? Right. Mind my business. You're good. I'm good. We good. Right? But if I was dating someone, I will always have an intention behind what I'm asking. You know, I was never one of them dudes who was like, D-Y-D. Like, that is so lame to me. Like, talk like a night. What you doing right now? Like, right. I'm like, I'm, I don't got to ask some questions, man. Right. Exactly. And so... A lot of people uh, who have read the book and who have gotten to that chapter will say, specifically the men, will say, well, what's wrong with asking what you're doing? And then I will be like, okay, well, let's see. Are you really trying to get to know this person? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm trying to get to know her. I like her. And then I'm like, okay, so what are you going to find out about her by asking her what the hell she's doing all day, every day? Like, what are you going to find out about her? When someone is genuinely interested in getting to know you, 
they will ask questions that revolve around getting to know you. They will be intentional about what they say, what they do, where they invite you. It ain't no Netflix and then chilling if they trying to get to know you because ain't much you can get to know about me over binge watching TV. Like you just, we not going to get to know each other like that. So men who give a fuck are very intentional. Um, fuck boys are a little more lax. Mm-hmm. Respect, I respect that. Now, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. In terms of all of this, because I know some brothers who ask WID because they're trying to see what's up with them draws, right? right. WID taking GTD, get them draws, right? That's <laughs> because that goes. Yeah, because that came from Martin and Tommy's on the stand. He said, oh, GTD. What does that mean? <laughs> got the draws. I got the draws. So speaking of speaking of that, when we look at women, there is all, there is definitely the topic of sexuality within women. Now, in your opinion, how powerful is a woman's sexuality, right? And how important is it in terms of having a broken pussy? I like saying it. Pussy. <laughs> So sexuality is definitely a huge factor mm-hmm. in having a broken pussy. However, the pussy in the broken pussy does not mean your vagina. Okay. So that's a very common misconception. The pussy identifies the entire makeup of a woman. Mm-hmm. So you could be a virgin and have a broken pussy. Nobody's ever, you know, like tapped that. But you have some very broken ways or you have a very disconnected relationship with yourself. So it's not just your vagina. Um, However, sexuality makes up a huge portion of it because I can honestly say that you are a lot more likely to have a broken pussy Mm -hmm. if you're out here just throwing it to everybody than, you know, the girl who's only slept with one guy. Just because it might be a lot easier for her to fix her shit than you. But yeah, sexuality makes up a huge portion of it because I think that we have gotten away from what sexuality really means and we only focus on sex, unfortunately. So sex is just a very small part of sexuality. But I think that, you know, this generation or this era puts such an emphasis on sex that it is, it just makes it so much easier to end up with a broken pussy. It's kind of sad. And we can't have that. We cannot have an influx of broken pussies in our society. We should not. <laughs> society will crumble. Civil civilization will be no more. What happened? It was the case of the broken pussies. <laughs> exactly. Broken pussies took over the world. And I let wow. I think that's there's so much for men to learn about women, but we're kind of head asses when we when it comes to it. Um, we have a tendency of taking things personally or making things about ourselves instead of taking a step back, taking a step to the side and really understanding what's going on. Because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there was a moment when I had I broke up with someone or I just stopped seeing them. One of those things that happened. Because break, breakups like, hey, Sounds like done. it was a situationship. <laughs> there we go. I okay. have I had relationships and I had situationships, right? Okay. And in my mind, I'm just like, okay. There were times when tip would happen. I would get fed up. I'm like, man, she crazy, man. I'm going home eat my eat my cereal. But 
What's up with you in this cereal? I, li- I like Captain Crunch, man. But when I'm going through my moments, give me some Captain Crunch. I'm, I'm, I'll work it out. Or Lucky Charms. Magically delicious. So, like, there's moments when I'll be in my own zone. I'm sitting like, man, what the... Man, it's her. It's all on her. Then you take time to be introspective. Realize, like, yo, it was on both sides of the game. Like, sometimes even more so than you than it was her. And that's the thing about now dealing with women and talking to them and having these conversations is that I'm trying more than ever to understand them. Because it's going to be a time when years down the line, you know, when my pullout game is awful and I may have a child. And that child may be a daughter. And I want to make sure that as a man, as a father, I'm giving her the right information from a guy's point of view and that she's seeing that how I'm treating women in my life should be how she's treated by men in her life. God, she may date her friends or whatever. So, you know, like, I don't want to, it's going to sound weird. I don't want to give, have, I want my daughter to have a, have a broken pussy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Don't we don't want that for her. Not at all. Not for baby girl. Not at all. You know what I mean? Because broken pussies for children is weird. What? Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> you know what I was trying to say. I want my kids to be out here with, with the brokenness. Um, right. But yeah, so I think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, your book is important. I'm glad that you spent the time to do this. The final question I want to ask you about all this is that what made you sit down and be like, you know what? I want to write a book on this. So obviously Insecure was a huge part of it. I was right. actually writing another book. Mm-hmm. Um at the time that this came up, I was writing a book about black women in friendships mm-hmm. and um, the common misconception that black women can't have friends or we don't have friends or we're just not good at making friends. And so in writing that book, I came to a chapter where I had to kind of deep dive into how relationships, marriage or, you know, mm-hmm. dating impacts black women within their friendships with their girls. And so I kind of got off on this tangent about black women and relationships in general. And I was like, you know what? This is a lot more important than friendshiping at this moment, especially seeing, you know, Issa Rae, who is very intentional about what she puts in that show. And I applaud her for that because she hits on things that I think sometimes like goes way over heads and people mm-hmm. don't even realize that she's hitting on those things. But for her to put that out there, first episode, being so intentional like that, I, I just knew that there was a space for this conversation. She was vibing on that joint. Yeah, too. she like, was. She was. I knew that this was something that, you know, definitely needed to be talked about. And I thought about, you know, just doing a think piece on it and, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that on a blog. But then I was like, as I wrote more and wrote more, Mm -hmm. it just kind of grew into something that was way bigger. So it's actually uh, probably going to be another part to the book because there was just no way that I could put it all (laughs) in one book that would be easy enough for a person to read in one or two sittings. More broken pussies. Well, not, <laughs> Actually, not, we about to talk about the broken dicks in part two. Really? Yeah, so brace yourself. That sounds painful as a motherfucker, man. Yeah, so... Um, Break my dick, that's hurt. We're going to talk about broken pussies from a woman perspective, but mm-hmm. we're also going to um, examine it from the man's perspective as well. Well, if you need uh, source material, feel free to hit me up. Because I, I may not have had it broken, but it's definitely been sprained before. Okay. 
All right. I hope that's metaphorical. I mean, it's metaphorical as hell. Okay. It's metaphorical. <laughs> all right. Got it. Yeah. Oh, never mind. But look, yeah, facts. It's definitely. All definitely. So we'll keep that in mind. Thank, Thank you. you. Is, is the love for Beyonce that real with y'all out here in these streets? Absolutely. You know I'm beehive all day. Oh, you beehive all day? Beehive all day. So I don't consider myself fan is such a hard S- word. Supporter. I am definitely admirer. a supporter. Definitely an admirer. And I... Uh, applaud her for being just a dynamic woman and for being so I don't even want to get into this whole big thing but I saw Beyonce do something I've seen on the run tour two mm-hmm. twice this year so I went to see her in Barcelona and then I also saw it in Miami and I noticed something that was so I guess maybe I am a fan you just stuck <laughs> You just stun everybody. I kind of did. Went to Barcelona and Miami. I did. Um, But I noticed something that she does that is a good takeaway for us as black women. Beyonce is very much one of the biggest stars we've ever had of our times. I would argue she's a bigger star than Jay-Z. Some people will argue against that, but I'd say she's, you know, I put money on it. Right now? At this moment in time? And I think she will remain a bigger star. Than Jay-Z. Yes. You saw the picture of them together in the car. And and Jay-Z is That's, washed up. Um, <laughs> oh. My bad. Um, but yeah, she is definitely a much bigger star than Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And she knows that. He knows that. Um, they own that. But she did something at the Miami show that was crazy. So Jay-Z, they were performing together, and she's doing her little dance thing or whatever. And then there's a group of background dancers behind them. She went into the line of background dancers and started dancing with them in synchronization, just like a backup. You couldn't tell her apart from the backup dancers while he performed. How dope is that? Jay-Z could probably dance if he wanted to. Probably not. (laughs) But the point is, Mm -hmm. we have to get to the point where, you know, we realize that having a fixed pussy, being a mended Molly, as Mm -hmm. I call it in the book, is not about being, it's not about not being submissive. It's not about not realizing when it's okay to take a backseat to your man. Beyonce exemplifies that. We love her. Shout out to Beyonce. Beehives. And on that note, we are ending the interview with Tanisha Sheree. <laughs> thank, thank you. The Broken Pussy Theory. Please tell us where you can find the book and where we can find you. Definitely. www.tanishasheree.com. And that's T Y N I S H A S H A R E. And there is a section on the website where you can purchase The Broken Pussy and have it shipped to you free of charge. You can also follow me on Instagram at Bougie Bontine, and that's B-O-O-J-E-E-B-O-N-T-Y-N.
You win!